Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Mailbox Monday. It's Monday, March 26th, and we're going to talk about the headlines, a couple of things that are happening in the news today, and uh, some good things and some bad things, but stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so first of all, I want to say thank you to everybody who came out to Rogers, Arkansas to teach them diligently. It is always a treat for Jay and I to meet you and to hear your stories, but more than anything, it's an encouragement to see how the gospel is changing lives. Uh, I just did a podcast with my friend Kristen Welch last Friday, and she was talking about raising world changers, and one of the things that I am so passionate about, and my husband is as well, is raising world changers to encourage you off of the bench and onto the battlefield. In other words, get involved. Uh, Get involved in your communities. Get involved in local politics. Talk about what's happening around you. But we want to do it in relationship to what the Bible says is true and right and good and honorable. And we do that as believers by walking in right relationship with the Lord and knowing His Word. And so today I'm going to address a couple of uh, questions that have come into the podcast, but before that sort of go to that point, but before I do that, I want to let you know we are finishing up the last week of five uh, traits of false teachers at MomStrong International. And the next study that starts is called Gird Up Girl Strategies in Spiritual Warfare. So I'm going to be giving you tools of spiritual warfare, encouraging you to get off the bench and onto the battlefield, reminding you that God is uh, able to take care of you and able to protect you, and also uh, giving you some of the, um, the, the passages of Scripture that remind us that God never leaves us and He never forsakes us and He will be uh, involved. He wants to be intimately involved in every aspect of your life. So, as we as we kind of move to this next um, study over at MomStrong International, I just want to encourage you to know your word, to know the Bible, to know God's word. And also, uh, if you haven't joined me for the scripture writing challenge, we've been doing it for several years here at the podcast. Um, this is a great way to engage your family in the truth of God's word. So check it out, momstronginternational.com. All right, so I got a couple of questions today. The first one has to do with the decision that President Trump is about to make that first hit the news last week in Fortune magazine. And the headline read, Trump is about to protect doctors who won't perform abortions or treat transgender patients. First of all, uh, the headline there is very misleading. So it says that he he wants to protect doctors who won't treat transgender patients. He's not talking about if a transgendered person walked into the emergency room with a broken arm or a ruptured appendix or um, wanted to uh, get a flu shot, he's not saying that we can't treat those people. He's saying to be that a, a physician should have the opportunity 
to disengage from the active treatment of transition from male to female or female to male. If the, if the physician believes that that practice is A, immoral, or B, harmful to the patient, he should be able to disengage. Uh, can we disengage from treating somebody for a broken arm? No, there is no conscientious objection for something like that. So that's not what we're talking about here. So Fortune Magazine, shout out to you, my friends. That was a, a sort of a clickbait um, title, a clickbait, uh, you know, for you guys to be able to make a, a point without actually making a point. So it's misleading to say that Trump is trying to protect doctors who that, that just simply don't want to treat a transgender patient. That's actually not, if you read it, that's not what he's saying at all. He's trying to give uh, Christians, or you don't even have to be a Christian, he's trying to say that if you have a conscientious objection, a, a conscience objection to performing an abortion, you shouldn't be forced to perform it. This is before the Supreme Court right now, right? The Supreme Court, there are nurses arguing before the Supreme Court right now saying that they have lost their jobs for not participating, not assisting in abortions that come into uh, the emergency rooms in particular. So we're not talking necessarily about people who perform abortions at Planned Parenthood, which don't even get me started. I saw the other day that Planned Parenthood actually gives awards to clinics, which Aurora right now, you have the most abortions being performed uh, per capita, I believe, in the United States, and you just got an award for it. So there you go. Planned Parenthood gives uh, awards out for the most abortions performed in any given area. But that's, uh, I digress. So I want to talk a little bit about this because I was actually really proud of President Trump for doing this. A, he's standing up to uh, the progressive, the hard progressive left and talking about the importance of um, doctors, especially physicians, nurses, anyone in the healthcare industry should not be forced to engage in a practice that they believe to be morally wrong. So a person should never be forced to provide a service that goes against their conscience. And so I say, good for President Trump for uh, for ensuring that Americans are still able to follow their conscience. So I wrote about this a little bit. Um, I was I was pleased it was from Fortune magazine because uh, typically. Fortune magazine doesn't have the uh, the stigma, I guess, if you will, that MSNBC does for being liberal, or Fox typically has for people saying that they're they lean more conservative. Uh, Fortune magazine is just Fortune magazine. However, after this particular uh, headline, I would say they're probably liberal. <laughs> it's just I'm just guessing. Uh, so anyway, I went on to talk about this, and it is amazing to me uh, the comments that I got. I don't know why. I'm amazed, but the first one of the first people who uh, commented said, "Wow, this is discrimination at its finest." What happened to all people being treated as equals? And then she went on to mock President Trump, which seems to be a hallmark of uh, the progressive movement in this country: is mocking a president. Listen, I just want to say I I disagreed with about ninety percent of the decisions that President Obama made, and you're not going to see me calling him names, saying he's a disgrace, uh, cursing at him making memes with his uh, face with the swastika on it. I This is so disrespectful. And if uh, if you are a parent and you are teaching your children to do that, this is a, a large part of the reason why we're having trouble having discussions in this country right now. So I replied to this woman on my page and I let her know this is not discrimination. It's the ability to be discerning. And actually discrimination um, in and of itself, when we're talking about racial discrimination, that's something different. We should be able to be discriminating. We should be able to be discriminating with with the kinds of materials that we allow into our bodies. We should be discriminating with the people that we hang around, for goodness sake. The Bible says 
that uh, that a bad character uh, corrupts good morals, that bad bad company uh, corrupts people. So we should be able to be discriminating about who we hang out with. This was not about racial discrimination. Okay, so racial discrimination in this country was decided long ago. This actually is a lie. Masquerading around is the truth. And to equate it with racial racial bias, as far as I'm concerned, is a slam to every person of color that I know and that knows the difference between male and female and who cares about the lives of the unborn. So I think it's important for us to be able to defend our position from a position of uh, recognizing that this is not discrimination. A doctor who says, I don't want to perform an abortion or I refuse to give a male female hormones because I know that eventually that's going to cause him harm, that is not discrimination. That is discernment. And if you don't want to kill an unborn baby, you shouldn't be forced to do so. If you don't want to help someone, assist someone continuing in a delusion so that, that, that they believe they can change their DNA, you shouldn't be forced to do so. This has nothing to do with discrimination. And so I, for one, am I'm weary of that argument because I don't think that very many people today understand what discrimination truly is. And so uh, the next question that I got on this particular topic was, um, you have someone said to me, Are, is anyone here in the medical field? Because they believe you have to be in the medical field to be able to speak to this. And I disagree. I would argue uh, that you don't need to be in the medical field to see a threat to personal freedom and conscientious objection. You don't need to be a doctor to know male from female, right? Uh, if you're And if you're a doctor, you should never be forced to participate in something that you know is going to be harmful to another human being. So I want to move on really quickly. The, to me, the abortion issue, and we're going to talk about this more in just a minute because it was another question I got here at Mailbox Monday. But uh, to me, we need to really be talking a lot about the transgender movement and and what it, what's really behind it. I had a guy say to me that science is always changing. In other words, uh, he's saying we're always discovering new things. Like, for example, I grew up thinking that Pluto was a planet, and apparently it's not a planet. Apparently, science has decided that it's not a planet, and they've recategorized it. But I don't believe the same thing's going to happen with DNA. I don't think that the same thing happens with gender. And so just because science is changing doesn't mean that gender changes uh, with it, right? So this is a person saying that uh, we need to really rely on science. Well, science is telling us that your unborn baby is just a clump of tissue. Science, uh, some of the science is saying that uh, male can be changed to female, even though every doctor that I've ever talked to on this issue says you can certainly change the outward appearance of a person and a transgender person could go in and have their, uh, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> they can mutilate their bodies and take off the parts that make them male and female. But the inward part of you, the, the, the DNA says that that is that you are still the same. So when a person goes in for surgery, the doctor who's operating on that person wants to know, they're not concerned with your outer appearance. They want to know, are you male or female? What does your DNA say? Because your DNA actually matters. And so we need to get back to talking about what actually matters. Uh, I had a woman say to me that she felt like, well, A, we're back to the discrimination thing. And she called me a bigot and a hater and several other things that I can't repeat on this podcast. Uh, but I, I want to challenge you with something because I think we need to be talking about this in terms of mental illness. Since we know that we can't change our DNA, um, I want to know what happens to the person who is suffering from anorexia. And this happened, I, I had a friend that was suffering from this in the early 90s. And literally when she looked in the mirror, she saw a 400-pound woman. She really did. Like She looked in the mirror and she, she would 
pull at her skin and she she would shift on her feet and she would cry, not wanting to be this overweight, ugly person that she saw in the mirror. And, and she was devastated by what she saw. But unfortunately, what she saw in the mirror wasn't reality. It wasn't reality. What she saw in the mirror was a mental illness. What she saw was a mirage. What she saw wasn't the truth. It was a lie. And so rather than engage with her in her lie, we didn't let her continue to starve herself. We didn't say, you know what? This is your truth. So you go ahead with your truth and we're going to love you. Like one woman said to me, when people show you who they are, believe them. Um, No. When people show you who they are, if it's contrary to who they really are, don't believe them. Love them, but don't believe them. Assisting somebody in believing a lie is not helping somebody. We're not loving people when we lie to them. We're not loving people when we when we walk alongside a delusion and we encourage them in a delusion. So, uh, so when my friend began her uh, her battle with anorexia, not a single one of us, and there were lots of friends uh, in our sort of circle of friends at that time. Not nobody went up to her and just said, "You know what? We're going to help you embrace your truth. This is who you think you are, so we're we're going to believe you." No, we lovingly said to you, oh my goodness, we love you so much and we're going to get you help so that you can embrace who you really are. And so I think that's what we need to be doing. We need to be helping people that are struggling with mental illness and gender dysphoria to embrace who they really are rather than encouraging them to mutilate their bodies and forcing a doctor to participate in something like that is unconscionable to me. And so there are, obviously there are several several sides to uh, to this discussion, and I'm going to get a friend of mine on here. Actually, um, activist mommy is coming on here in a week or so with me, and we're going to be talking about this from the perspective of parents because this is so prevalent in the school system right now. Um, and so, for an instance, uh, someone said to me that healthcare is different than baking a cake for an LGBT wedding. So she was saying every person deserves access to affordable and high quality healthcare. Anything less is an insult on a black mark in America, which I actually completely agree with her. Um, but I would say in defense of President Trump, abortion is not healthcare. And no one is saying that a transgender can't get healthcare. We're simply saying that a doctor should not be forced to prescribe life altering hormones to a person when the doctor believes it causes that harm. And hopefully this will free up many doctors to practice the oath they took without harming anyone against their will, which brings me to uh, the next part of this podcast. And I only have a few minutes, but I want to just address it. I got a question from a listener and she was asking me about abortion in the cases of rape and incest. And did I believe there was ever an exception uh, for abortion? So I'm going to, I just want us to, uh, to quickly, to briefly say that I believe what God's word says about children is true. The Bible says that children belong first to God and that they are his gift to us, that our children have been given to us as gifts, and that they are not inherently ours. They belong They belong to the Lord. And I've, I'm writing uh, a, a Bible promise book for mothers right now. And so I've been reading a lot of, of uh, I've been reading a lot in God's word, just promises that he makes us over and over again, encouragement uh, for mothers, encouragement for those of us who are in the trenches. And he said in Psalm 139, and the Bible says in Psalm 139, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. Psalm 139, 15 and 16 says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance and your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. 
God said that he knows our children. And as much as, and I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who, uh, who was telling me that she had a baby that was born from rape. She chose to have that baby adopted and that child is now thriving. But I am so proud of the women who are coming out and sharing their stories of not terminating a baby that was conceived in rape. Because uh, as according to the Bible, that child, whether it was conceived in rape um, or not, is precious to the Lord. And if you ask these women who were conceived in rape, the, the, the children who are now adults, whose mothers chose to carry them, and sometimes they kept them, and sometimes they gave them up for adoption, no, not a single one of those uh, women or, or young men would say, I wish that you had killed me uh, when you found out that I had been, that you were pregnant. No, they value their lives. They, you know, what, whatever happened to the Hippocratic Oath that doctors took first do no harm. And so to me, that's the position that I always come at from this. It's not to say that we don't, we don't grieve over the sinful act of a man who would uh, abuse a woman in that way, but it is not the right of the mother to take the life of the child because the child was conceived in a sinful, hurtful manner. We need to be considering what does God say about children? As, as believers, our, um, our plumb line, our, everything that we do has to come from scripture. If it doesn't come from scripture, then the Bible says it's going to come from the human heart. And we know from Psalms that the human heart is wicked. And so we want to go back to uh, what God says about children and what he says about his care for us. The Bible says that God weeps at our brokenness. He weeps at the world that we live in that is so broken. But we also know from Philippians 4 verse 13 that I can do all three things through Christ who gives me what? Strength. God gives us strength. He He hears our prayers. He hurts with us. The Bible says that God uh, that God binds up the brokenhearted and he heals us of our pain. And I know that God will do that. Uh, for every woman who decides to follow him and still and not take the life of a child, even though that child was conceived in a reprehensible manner. And I, I want to just say to you, because I know that some of you are listening to this and, and you're going, I can't believe Heidi would say that. Um, I, I have not been a victim of rape, so I'm not talking about this from a position of personal experience, but I do know women who have been in this situation and I can tell you that God's word is no less real to them than it is to me or you. He meets us in those difficult places. God will meet you there. He will meet you there. He is close to the brokenhearted. Um, the Bible says that even if in Psalm 73, 26, even if our flesh and our heart fail, God is the strength of our heart and he is our portion forever. And there is a blessing in obedience. There is a blessing in saying, Lord, I hate that this has happened to me, but I recognize it is not the fault of the child that I am carrying. And I'm gonna trust that your word is true and that you will be with me even as I carry this child to term. And God will give you blessing. It's amazing uh, the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit when we um, make ourselves um, available to listening to God's voice in our lives, in every aspect of our lives, even in the difficult places. So reading God's word um, opens our eyes to God's heart. And when we do that, something amazing happens. We begin to notice how different our lives are when we are not in the word and when we don't understand God's heart for people. And so I just want to encourage you back to a place of reading the Bible, knowing God's word for yourself and recognizing that at the end of the day, you guys, we don't answer to human beings. Uh, we answer to the Lord. And every single one of us listening to this podcast today, including myself, will stand before a holy God one day and give an account 
for the decisions that we make and the way that we live our lives. And the Bible says that there is a judgment seat and it is coming and it is in our future. And so I don't know about you, but I want to know what God says as my creator and follow him every uh, in every decision that I make on this earth, even the difficult ones, knowing that God will never leave me or forsake me. So I hope you guys are encouraged. I hope that you will take the opportunity to go back and read God's word for yourself. And I hope that if you know somebody who's in the situation, that you will encourage them uh, toward a place of trusting that the Lord will, will never leave them and never forsake them, and that there is a blessing in obedience. I just want to thank everybody for listening to me. Uh, and I wanted to let you know, I'm going to be at Teach Them Diligently in Atlanta on the 5th through the 7th of April. If you're in the Atlanta area, come on out. The Teach Them Diligently event is full of amazing speakers and they will really encourage you in your walk with God and remind you of the importance of raising your children with a biblical worldview. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.